0: Good day, and welcome to another episode of Left After Breakfast, coming to you from Melbourne, Australia. Broadcast from the studios of 3CR, your only radio left. My name is Susanna Duffy. In this episode of Left After Breakfast, we'll have a look, not too long a look, I promise you, at the results of the referendum. Without me breaking down and weeping, we'll get some positive comments for the way forward from Thomas Mayo. We'll hear from Comrade Natasha and we'll hear from the BL from the bush. Five months ago, Queensland's Liberal National Party voted in favour of laws to set up a First Nations Treaty Institute with a tooth telling and Healing Inquiry. But since the referendum result, their leader, David Krusefuli, has declared the path to treaty is not the right way forward for Queensland. He said when the LNP originally agreed to enable legislation for the path to treaty, we did so in good faith as a genuine effort to promote better outcomes for Indigenous Australians. In the days since the referendum, it's become clear that the path to treaty will only create further division. The LNP can no longer support a path to treaty and we will not pursue one if elected to government. See, it started already, listener. You couldn't help but notice that you have to sing the national anthem. If you're an indigenous sports person, you have to sing the anthem. Perhaps they should only sing 40% of the anthem, since 60% of Australia just doesn't want to hear from them. I see that Shane Howard has returned his OAM, his Order of Australia, which he was awarded in 2016. Shane spoke of his great-grandfather, who was arrested at the Eureka Stockade, And he says that the democratic principles his family fought for generations ago were now sullied. Two of my great-grandfathers were also at the stockade, and I fully agree with Shane Howard's statement. What hasn't changed since the days of my great-grandfathers is the divide between the lives Indigenous Australians can hope to lead and those of the rest of the country. The journey to the 2023 vote was set in motion in 2017 when Indigenous leaders and community members from all points of the southern sky met at Uluru and wrote an invitation to the Australian people to walk with them on a path towards constitutional reforms to empower our people and take a rightful place in our own country. Yes, well... My heart is sad, listener. My heart is sad. There's a difference between structural racism and personal in-your-face racism, and I believe that the no vote tended to be driven by the latter. A sense that Indigenous people should not have the same entitlement as other Australians, all the belief that Indigenous people were getting something more than that to which they were entitled. So now the far right have received a boost to their project of assembling a Trumpy know-nothing following to compensate for their loss of teal voters and other people who use knives and forks to eat with. The saddest thing is, I think, that so many Australians were given the opportunity to make their real feelings about Aboriginal people in the ballot box. In the privacy of that ballot box. Real feelings which they could not say out loud in public. I reckon a lot of people just wanted to vote no. Not for any reason. They just don't like Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people. And there's their chance to say it without coming out in public and doing it. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong.
1: Blow down empty roads Carried on the wind Travel around the country and then return again From a place of standing still Feel them touch my soul Does anybody make decisions Of conscience anymore? Never surrender I keep believing Have to keep you dreaming Think it'll and Wind blows through withered places Keep me wondering why Time comes and goes and spirit never dies You look into the heart of the land and you have to choose Whether the wealth you gain is worth the wealth you lose Never surrender And I keep believing To keep you dreaming Well out here, it's just my turn to dust and bone Lose yourself, find yourself alone I was not country Never surrender To keep me dreaming
0: some words from Thomas Mayo, who shares his feelings after the referendum result.
2: Thomas, you have worked for years to try and advocate for a voice to parliament. Can you explain what's running through your head at this moment?
3: Uh, I'm devastated. I know there's a lot of people that have done a lot of hard work, you know, not just here in this room, but across Australia, uh, you know, many thousands of volunteers, um, you know all of our, uh, you know the Indigenous leadership that has stepped up and and done uh, and put themselves out there for this. Uh, I think that the proposal that we have made is the right one. Uh, we need a voice. We need that structural change, um, and we got it right at Uluru. Uh, but we have seen a disgusting uh, no campaign, a campaign that has been dishonest, that has lied to the Australian people, and I'm sure that'll come out. In the analysis. uh, I'm sure that history will reflect poorly on Peter Dutton, uh, Pauline Hanson, uh, all of those that have opposed this. Um, And so, you know, I I don't know what's next but um, but, uh, it's just devastating.
2: Do you feel anger towards the Australian public?
3: I'm not angry at the Australian public. Uh, I think that the Australian public were ready for this. I disagree when people say that that they weren't. Uh, I disagree that this was a bad idea. Uh, because I know that we needed that foundational change, you know, to be recognised uh, and to have a guaranteed representative body, not politicians that uh, purport to speak for us, uh, not having political parties choose indigenous people for us, but having us choose our our, our leaders ourselves. We got that right. Uh, I'm not blaming the Australian people at all, but who I do blame and who I hope that Um, The Australian people look very closely at the next time they have a say in this democracy about who our leadership is. I hope they look at who lied to the Australian people. I think Albanese um, was courageous, I think he was empathetic, I think he genuinely wanted this change uh, and he has done the right thing by putting it to the people. So it's not his fault, it's not the Australian people's fault, it's the people that have lied uh, to us, to the Australian people, they are the ones that we should be blaming. Uh, We put our faith in the Australian people, uh, and and as I said, I think they were ready, but there has been some really uh, horrible uh, political campaigning uh, from Peter Dutton and and his uh, no campaign. It's been disgusting, to be frank. Um, So we're going to take stock now. Um, Indigenous people, Indigenous leaders, uh, uh, one thing we do know is that we're never going to give up fighting for our rights, our rightful place in this country. For recognition and for a voice, because as I said, it was always the right thing to do. Uh, but we have seen a, a disgusting campaign from the no people uh, and let that that be that come out.
4: How good is Australia if we can't even start to end. listen to the statement from the heart? <laughs> to listen to <laughs> the statement.
0: Popular demand we bring you some more working class poetry from Comrade Natasha
5: Workplace Carnage On the twenty eighth of April all honour our fallen comrades for Anzac Day, for May Day, for I'm sorry day. The bottom line for a worker is death. But the worst sentence is permanent disability, pain and disease, or near-death experiences that last the rest of a worker's life. Ask a first aider on site, or the rep who has to take charge of a shed of shocked and angry workers, when a fellow worker who could just as easily have been in his place at that time of an instant fatal fall, or under a falling load, crushing his body out of all recognition, dies. Pitting himself against the plant and trying to respect his body's relationship to machinery and the force of gravity. What have been the consequences of plant deregulation? What have been the consequences of labour deregulation? What have been the consequences of the privatisation of public utilities and infrastructure? For every person who dies on the road, five people die in the workplace. And when I read the blue and yellow sign that says City Link Toll, I remember Justin O'Connor. So... I want to share a day of mourning with my comrades who have survived. To remember, as one big union, in the streets, in honour, our fallen comrades. April 28th is the International Day of Mourning Workplace Deaths. 60% of fatalities relate directly to plant. After four years of plant deregulation, what state of maintenance and repair is plant in? Who is responsible? Who pays? Workplace deaths confront every one of us till death us do part. Every week 50 people in Australia will die as a result of their work. And that doesn't include the near-death experiences that building workers tell you about. How they survived and how it taught them to respect the plant, the materials, the site, other workers, gravity, but most importantly, themselves. To show respect for your own health and safety on the job as a mark of the respect you show the fallen comrades who have not died in vain. People say that no single workplace death should have been in vain, nor should those workers who have fallen in war when they are expected to give up their life for their country. But who has the right to expect any of us to give up our life for a job? Every time another worker stands up in the workplace, putting the letter of the law of the land into place by refusing to work in an unsafe environment placing that worker or another at risk, challenging every official authority to back up the law with action and calling on every other worker to do the same. Then our eyes are opened by the morning. What lessons have we learned from the death of Justin O'Connor? What lessons have we learned from the death of Mark Allen? What lessons have we learned from the Longford gas explosion The truth that could be commissioned into a real investigation into those two deaths would uncover more corruption in industry, which has led to authority collaborating by withdrawing the legal right of workers to come home from work in the same condition they left. Every single person in the workplace faces this negation of basic rights in the name of profit, For the benefit of greed, do you have to give up your life for your job? Every single worker is part of April 28th. We all take part in this sorry day. An injury to one is an injury to all. Whether as a black or white, new or old Australian, whether in war or whether in the workplace, we have all fallen comrades to mourn. We demonstrate to the public what the workplace toll means to us and to them, to open their eyes to what is really happening behind those hoardings, on the housing development site in the suburbs, on the freeway extensions, the shop front refurbs, the industrial park sites, the docklands, or the house up the road getting a rewiring job. These are all workplaces. How many eyes are really open to the working environment? To focus all the eyes of the public on the workplace, to open them and turn them on the Kennett and Howard governments on April 28th, all honour our fallen comrades.
0: You're listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet, www.3cr.org.au. And on something totally different, it's going to be a bad season coming up, listener, for bushfires. And We've got some words here from the BL, from the bush, about a positive step we could take.
6: Given what's happening with global heating and warming and and the way that the environment is changing, the climate is really at its peak of devastation everywhere. This country especially has been devastated by fires as long as I've been around and and prior to me, obviously. And yet governments don't seem to want to look at a long-term future for it. So here's a bit of an idea, listener, is that since 1997... Was the first Ericsson Sky Crane come out here? Big water bombers that you may remember. There. The one was called Elvison or some other these strange names. Back then, I just looked this up the other day. Back then, they were costing 1.5 million bucks for 12 weeks. Since then, we've had them here every year, up until I don't know if we got them here last year or whatever. But the thing is now they're getting they're getting less and less reliable to um, to get because of the fires. All over the world, or especially in America, where they come from, is because the fire season over there is lasting you know eight, six, and eight months. You can't get him anymore. So here's a bit of an idea, listener, maybe that we here in Australia, like you know, we keep hearing that we're the lucky country, we're the smart country. Well, how about we start getting some ideas from our manufacturers here or our big business and say, listen, how about we start making our own? We've got the technology here, surely. We've got the brains and people here to make our own. So with federal and state government funding, we start sticking a bit of a tax on some of these really multi-million dollar mining companies and stuff that are here. And we get ourselves a program up where we invite people, and invite industry to submit plans for our own water bombers or our own fire prevention. We here. They've got some pretty smart people operating in this country, like the Black Box for Planes Australian invention, clothes bloody, uh, rooftops over stadiums, and that was another one. Just to mention, there's a whole heap of just a couple that come to mind. I'm sure that, that if we put the word out, put business with government and get this up and running, get the manufacturing in it, we can build our own, therefore that's white-collar work, that's the engineers and all that sort of stuff, building our own or make our own... Uh, to our own 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 environmental needs, it could be done. And therefore, then the jobs that would flow from there is to manufacturing them, to make them. Then we can train our pilots and the training sessions that come from there, and we could use those all around the uh, Earth Straits of Australia, and we share the wear. And then when when we don't use them, we could do the same as what we've done. We could hire them out or whatever to other countries, because... You and I both know this that this uh, climate it's getting worse it's not going to get better so we need something now we need it before it, it we can't get anything and we go back to you know to having nothing i just thought that that was a bit of an idea give old elbow a bit of a bit of a leg up there so listen what we you know, there's a few jobs for um, for everyone and to get ourselves something that we're going to need thanks for
0: listening Thanks for the ride. See you next week. Same time, same place. Until then, it's cheerio and ciao from Left After Breakfast. And I'll leave you with Dave Arden.
2: Hopeless Like it's no use Everyone's against
4: One step backwards, one step forward.